Good morning. I'm Darrell Gunter, your host for leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM. I am so pleased to have as our in-studio guest today two of my very special good friends and folks that I've done a lot of business with. Uh, in full disclosure, um, my colleague and friend John Hoffman, uh, who is the president of Design Performance, uh, he and I teach here at Seton Hall. We teach uh, consultative sales, professional selling here at Seton Hall. And John has brought with him his colleague and my good friend, Karen Brewstein. And uh, today they're going to share with us uh, a very special program that they've created for women in negotiation. John and Karen, welcome to the program. Thank you. We're Thanks. delighted to be here. Thank you, Darrell. It's a real pleasure. You know, I think that this is such an exciting topic to talk about women and negotiating. And the name of your program is Women Negotiate, correct? That's yes. correct. All right. Before we jump into Women Negotiate, can you share with us, our audience, a little bit about your, your, you know, your education and background? Delighted to, Darrell. I went to Pomona College in Claremont, California and had a liberal arts degree. From there, I went for a master's degree in business at Claremont Graduate University, where I had the absolute pleasure of having Peter Drucker as one of my professors and really helped shape my interest in management and management styles. From there, my first job was actually at AT&T in in Bedminster, New Jersey, where I headed up the Applications Planning Center, developing voice and data applications for our corporate 100 clients, and worked closely with the sales organizations as well as the scientists there. I moved on to Wall Street and Standard & Poor's, where I became the Director of Information Services and Online Services. So I had a great opportunity then to put my background in voice and data applications onto some of the first pro programs that were developed for the brokerage community. I then moved on to Citibank as a VP of marketing where I ran a market data operation and third-party service operation. So my love of content was truly um, built at Standard & Poor's. I then went on to Citigroup and, and helped put together a market data operation there as well. And about 15 years ago, I started my own company with the intent of taking all of the information that I had gathered and put together market research, business analysis, and pr product development organization, which I still have in existence today. And Duell has been a wonderful client of mine, for full disclosure. Full disclosure. I tell you, Elsevier, um, I had hired Karen and, uh, to work with me on this project called Biotech Select and the College Markets, when both are uh, very successful products for, for Elsevier. Yes. So I end... The last thing that I'll mention is that I helped um, start up two venture companies in co emerging markets, content and information, and we were fortunate enough to then sell our pro program to a very large news organization. Excellent, excellent. And um, also, uh, in the spirit of full, full disclosure, Karen actually introduced me to John back in 1993 when I was right. the uh, sales director for, uh, for Dow Jones, and that's how uh, John and I uh, got together. So, John, tell us about your uh, fantastic background, because you have done a lot in the field of training, 
uh, executive consulting, negotiation, so much and so on. Terrific, Darrell. Thank you very much. It's really great to be here with you. Yes, our uh, partnership, Darrell, began, I formed a company 20 years ago called Designed Performance. Uh, it's a management consulting firm based in Manhattan, and we do design, sales, negotiation, and sales leadership programs, and I had the pleasure of working with Darrell, uh, one of my major clients was Elsevier Incorporated. But prior to that, I went to school in New York City, Manhattan College. I got a bachelor's degree and master's degree in psychology at Manhattan. And after graduating, I went to work in education. Uh, I had never worked in a community college setting before, but I worked at Quinsigamond Community College in Worcester, Massachusetts, where I was the director of the Disadvantaged Student Program. It was a real eye-opener to me, the number of students there that needed help either academically, they needed some type of financial assistance, they had, in many cases, poor academic backgrounds. So I would design programs for those students. I would have students who ranged in age from 18 to 60. I would have high school dropouts. I would have businessmen who had master's degree in business that had never taken a psychology course before. And some of those business people asked me to come to their companies and talk about a topic, topic in psychology. Some of those companies were TJ Maxx, Baybanks, General Motors, and it was astonishing to me how important it was for these companies to learn about some of these really important psychology and communication skills. I decided to take uh, a trip back down to New York City. I moved to New York. I started to work with a consulting firm in Stanford, Connecticut called More Development, where I was a project manager working with Fortune 500 companies all over the country and designing and delivering sales and negotiation programs to those companies. Uh, in the course of that time, I got executive cer certifications in negotiations, advanced negotiations, and strategies for conflict management from the University of Notre Dame, and started my business, Design Performance, and that's where I'm at today. Excellent, excellent, excellent. I mean, as you, ladies and gentlemen, as you can see that uh, John and Karen have extensive experience. I'm, I'm really looking forward to our session, and I'm happy to let our listeners know that this is part one, and there's going to be a part two uh, that will follow up next week. So we're going to really be able to dive really deep in, into this topic. So um, tell us about this exciting new program called Women Negotiate. Darrell, it's really interesting. Recently, Sheryl Sandberg, the current COO of Facebook, launched a book called Lean In. And for many years, an issue for women has been that they don't do as well in negotiations as men do. And it's not for any lack of talent or skill sets, but they just don't do as well. And that's always been something that's been interesting to me. So over the past 20 years, in delivering negotiation programs globally to men and women, it came, became clear to me that often, Darrell, people don't even understand what negotiation is. They don't really understand the concept of negotiation as being an incredibly important and powerful influence skill. And both the men and the women that I taught globally gave me incredible perspective on the power of the negotiation but also the need for negotiation in both men and women. I started to do some research, continued to find that some striking statistics, women are 400% less likely than men to initiate a negotiation. And when you consider that most of the important decisions that are made in an organization are made through a process of negotiation, we've really taken women out of the equation. So the skills, the talent, the experience, the expertise, 
So women negotiate, really, it's all one word, and it really refers to the fact women negotiate, <laughs> as well as women do negotiate, and you know what? It's not just for women. It's not that men are so skilled at it. In fact, this program really reinforces the concept that it's an important skill set for men and women, for the individuals to flourish and for the companies that they work for to be able to take advantage of these extraordinary skills. And, um, and John, may I, yeah, go to Karen, please. May, yes. I, mm -hmm. may I just add to what John has said mm -hmm. in terms of my own experiences having to negotiate and also having to see a broad picture of how to relate to other co uh, colleagues of mine, women and, and men. And so I believe that what John has put together originally is really a primer for all of us on how to negotiate within our offices and our day-to-day -day business, as well as to recognize how to negotiate more skillfully when we're out there, whether in a sales situation or a consulting situation. John, you mentioned the Sheryl Sandberg book, Lean In. Um, what is the, for our listeners who have not taken the time to read the book, um, but have probably read some headlines, what is the premise of the book, and, and what are some of the shortcomings of, of the book? Well, first of all, Cheryl's just done an extraordinary job with the book to, to bring this important topic to the surface. And it has been, there's been so many articles that have been written about it. There's been so much reaction. It really has stirred up interest. And to me, that's just such a, a huge positive. Cheryl's taking the position that women need to lean in. So literally, they need to be able to advocate for themselves. That's really what the concept is. And in the context of the book, she talks about her own personal experience, which is extraordinary. And example, she shares her dilemma around her negotiation with Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook as to her salary and compensation. And the only drawback that I would say in the book is that I'd like to hear more from Cheryl. What exactly did she say to Zuckerberg? What were some parts of the conversation where she felt she was strong and could have done better? Because we all would like to learn more about what those skill sets are. Absolutely, John. Again, it comes down to providing women out there in the workforce as well as men with the steps that can make them effective in working with their colleagues and in negotiations. One thing that came up recently with, with John and myself when we were talking to a very dynamic young leader in, in a company was her admission that for the first time in 15 years, she was, she was asking for a salary which she then negotiated with, with the group. So here was someone very successful going up the ranks in the organization and telling us matter-of-factly and feeling quite embarrassed as well that she had never gone into, gone into a salary review with the thought of negotiating and taking that very positive view to then translate it into an increase in her salary. John, that's interesting. Why would anyone feel embarrassed about going to your, their manager for an increase in their salary? It's a great question, Darrell. But if you'll take a look, and I think a lot of it has to do with our culture. And for some reason, men feel as if they have more per permission to advocate for themselves. Um, I have 
taken this program out to a number of focus groups and some incredibly successful, talented women in the fields of real estate, law, investment banking. And it's just amazing how quickly so many of them relate to the fact that they were reluctant to advocate for themselves. We've somehow given men permission to ask, uh, maybe even at times when they don't deserve it, where an extremely qualified woman might be hesitant for fear that somehow that will have repercussions in the relationship with her colleagues or with her manager. And that really is the crux of the situation. Absolutely. Karen, what is your perspective about that? I agree totally with what John just said, and I found that in the early stages of my career, I really felt the most comp competent and confident when I went out on my own because it was either my asking for what I wanted through a proposal that allowed me to speak up for myself. And it, it actually was a very positive point in my life because, again, people would choose to work with me not because I was a male or not because I was a female, but because I could do the work that they, that they wanted and feel comfortable about asking for a fee that reflected that. And I, and I must say, Karen and I have been doing business together for, for 20 years, and I've always found her to be forthright, uh, very trustworthy, very honest, uh, but also she speaks up for herself. So I don't think Karen has had that problem with the women <laughs> negotiating. But, John, you know, I'm very comfortable with this topic. My mother was a businesswoman. Uh, I have four older sisters. I, I have a wife who's dynamic um, and kind of reminds me of my mother, very demanding. Um, but you know, so I'm comfortable with this topic. But how do other men fit in? I mean, if if, if I'm a man hearing this, I'm like, oh my goodness, now I'm gonna have the attack of the the, the women negotiating. Uh, so, how does this program work for men? Well, Darrell, I can totally relate. I actually come from a matriarchy. Uh, I have four very high, highly talented sisters. Uh, my mother, who did not go to college until she was 68 years old, and went to school after we were all out of the house graduated summa cum laude, <laughs> and uh, there was no question that I was around very competent, assertive women. And where men fit into this program, if there was a byline to the program, it would be it's not just for women. Because often men, again, because of the way the society is set, and you just very eloquently articulated that you have no problem with it. There's a complete comfort level with it. Well, we would find that women have huge issues with that very often. And so sometimes men think that they kind of know it all about negotiation. And one of the things, again, in my experience has been how quickly men start to realize that they've often been kind of flying by the seats of their pants in negotiations and perhaps got away with things because they had the permission, permission to ask for things without having a clear underlying strategy as has to how they were approaching the conversation. You know, it's interesting, Darrell, how often I find that people don't even understand what negotiation is. And so people are anxious to go to the classes, they come in, but negotiation is just an incredibly powerful influence tactic. And what makes it especially powerful is that it, it's the concept of giving and taking. And in a conversation, or when you're trying to influence somebody, you're trying to bargain with a person, the ability to engage that other person really is collaboration, and it leads to the person being very involved and committed to the outcome. 
And so in the classes over the last 20 years globally, it's been so exciting to see both men and women become very, very turned on by this concept of having a strategy to follow. So the concept with women now is, how can we get them to feel more comfortable so that they have the confidence, which leads to the confidence, to collaborate and to be able to ask for more things? Uh, John, could you further elaborate on those three C's? Because I think th this, is, this is very key. Mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier that there's a 400% less likelihood that a woman is going to engage in a negotiation. So if we had to say right off, what is going to make them feel comfortable enough to engage? And so the starting point is confidence. When people are feeling that they have the correct approach, that they're using a best practice, that maybe they've even had a chance to rehearse and to get some feedback, it greatly increases the probability that they'll try it. So with that confidence comes increased competence because they're trying it, they understand that it works, and they also begin to really feel more confident that collaboration, which is a real strength of women. A great book written two years ago is called The Cooperators. And the authors took the position that it really wasn't the Dar Darwinian survival ethic that led to certain species surviving. It was really the cooperators that learned to work better with others, and women have this as a natural aptitude. So their ability to nurture and to develop that, and so we think about this process of having the competence, and then gaining confidence, increasing the probability that you will connect with the other person through collaboration and having a good outcome, which feeds into, again, that whole notion of competence will encourage people to do it. So we have a confidence, competence, collaboration. That, in our experience, leads to successful negotiating. And John, one of the things that I've loved about the workshops that you've held even before we went through Women Negotiate is the idea that people can do things that they've put off or they've been afraid to do. And that relates to both men and women. So, so much of what we're doing with Women Negotiate is practice, mm -hmm. and you, you mentioned that. So that everyone feels that they can go out there and try the techniques that and the skills that we've identified and had them work on in the seminars and workshops. And it makes it fun. That's really a key too, that suddenly people feel empowered and ready and willing to try these things out. And it's no surprise that we get feedback from so many of the workshop attendees on their successes and the baby steps, if you will, that they're taking, but they see positive return every step of the way. And that makes it also a delight for us. One of the, the key uh, uh, attributes of, of John Hoffman's training over the years, and also in our classroom, is the practice. Mm -hmm. and, and John, you always talk about the 10,000 hours. Can mm -hmm. you talk about the 10,000 hours and how that relates to developing a skill? Sure, Darrell. In, in our business, which we're really trying to work with people to feel confident to make changes in their behavior that will lead to more success, uh, within the last few years, there have been several books that are just extraordinary to try to take a look at what are the factors that really correlate with success. The Talent Code, Talent is Overrated, are two of the key books. And they talk about practice 
being the determinant of success, regardless of how talented a person is. And they talk about prodigies who will get overtaken pretty quickly by the other people in their field, be it music, sports, who practice. And so it's not just knowing the skill, but it's knowing how to apply the skill. And the trilogy in the, the path to success is first identify the best practice, practice, and lastly, get feedback. And that's really the heart of all of our programs. That's really the royal road to improving performance. I'd just like to add one thing there. As I was um, going into my own business and talking frequently with John for guidance, I did practice. I practiced all the time. I also found that something that I continue to do today and certainly helped me was to take um, PowerPoint presentations and build them for myself. Again, it had to do with the framework. I had spent all of this time writing these PowerPoints, but I wasn't using it when I was thinking about how to present my ideas to others. And it's, it's a very effective way of gathering your thoughts, putting it into a very clear format, and then going out there and using it. It's not just, hey, for report, I have to give to my boss, but it really allows a person, it certainly allowed me, to understand and to be able to communicate what I wanted or what I needed from people who were either working for me or the people that I was presenting to. You know, and ladies and gentlemen, we're here with uh, John Hoffman and Karen Brucine of Design Performance. We're talking about their very exciting program, Women Negotiate. And, and Karen, to that point, this allows folks to really think strategically. Uh, there is an article uh, in, in, out there called, and Howard Business Review, Review is How to Manage Your Manager. Mm -hmm. um, and this takes it to a deeper level for women as to how to understand their, how to understand how to move through the workplace in a more uh, strategic and effective manner. Absolutely, Dwell. And I think that we as women sometimes don't realize the strengths and strengths that John has always found to be in women. And one of them is to be able to, to think strategically and also to put everything in focus far better, quite honestly, than men do. So you, what we're trying to do is say to women, use these skills that have been identified, use them effectively, and then go out there and you'll see how much more effective you'll be and how much more opportunities will be available to you. So you're to, absolutely to, to right. That, to that point, John, what are the key things that women should be aware of uh, in their work environment and in their, their professional development environment? Darrell, I think if I could say it in one sentence, it, it would be this. To advocate for your position does not have to come at the expense of the relationship that you have with the person. You just mentioned a manager. So I'm advocating for my team with my manager. I'm advocating for something in my personal life. Women often take the position that if I advocate, I will somehow damage the relationship. And just a quick funny story, Darrell. One of the things that I've seen repeatedly and in conversations with women, well, they'll say they just cannot understand it in a meeting where two men will be arguingly, vociferously over a point, arguing. They're watching this go on. And then afterwards, they say, hey, Darrell, let's go out for a sandwich. It's like, wait a minute. 
how could you possibly have had this kind of a confrontation, but at the same time, just drop it, move right past it. Um, it seems that women are so much more relationship-oriented, which is a terrific thing. Um, and the major message would be, you can advocate and maintain the relationship. And I think that's a really important lesson here. You know, John, to that point, I just had a recent experience with one of my clients um, where uh, my client, the CEO, uh, was disagreeing with, with me in, in, in a meeting. And, um, and I just said, yes, sir, I understand. We'll move forward. And someone said to me, aren't you upset? I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, this, this is just getting clear direction. The, the fact that we're having a spirited discussion mm -hmm. doesn't take away the relationship and respect that we have for each other. That's exactly right. And, in fact, I was taking part in an online conversation with a number of women um, through a LinkedIn organization. And... One of the questions that one woman um, sent out there was, how do you deal with a good friend or a, a woman who has now been promoted over you? This Does this ruin your relationship? And I guess I was just um, really surprised. There's really no reason why you wouldn't have your personal relationship and the respect for each other and recognize that you are also in a professional environment. So I think one of the one of the fears that we as women or one of really the traits that does not serve us well is to personalize so much more than we than we really should be doing. That's one of the reasons why women negotiate can be a powerful tool for women. It takes away from that per personalization and provides us with, with the skills and the framework in which we can carry on as managers and as partners in business. And um, believe it or not, we're, we're coming to the, the end of our interview. I just have a couple more questions, but, but you, you're coming back next week. Absolutely. To, to, to talk more about this topic. because be great. Yeah, because we really want to dive deeper, much deeper, uh, we've, not, we've, we've done a deep dive, but we want to go deeper into uh, what your experience has been at the seminars and whatnot. But, but John and Karen, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to, to ask you, in your opinion, what are the key traits of a great leader? Darrell, I would say the first thing that strikes me is that the leader models the behaviors that he expects in others. I think often leadership can get bogged down in verbiage and do as I say and not as I do. And I think most human beings are really, we, we're motivated by, we want to follow those people. So I think modeling the leadership behaviors is a really key piece. And if I could just add, some of the key behaviors in that regard would be listening. That you're in a constant learning mode and that you listen to people and that you're modeling that so other people are picking up on that skill set. And I would say negotiating. Uh, because negotiating really is all about give and take. And so to create an environment where people feel comfortable to come and talk to you, they know that they'll be listened to, that you're going to listen to their perspective and feel that you could learn as well as a leader. Those would be some key behaviors in my mind. Karen, what do you think? I absolutely agree with you, John. The, the, on the top of my list, it certainly is listening. It's also creating that environment, as you've mentioned, that allows people to share their ideas and you again you may not um, agree with those ideas but where it's comfortable and safe 
for someone to go and share what they do. I also think it's very important as a leader to recognize the work that people are doing and to provide them with positive feedback and make them feel a part of the team or to also congratulate them on extraordinary efforts. Wow. And, and John and Karen, how would you uh, describe your leadership style? My, my style is to be, I, I would say it's one of inclusion, that I want to make people that I'm working with feel that they are as important as I am as any project that they're working on. In terms of their contributions, as Karen just said, that their contributions are valued, that I'm trying to model the behaviors that I think are most effective and successful in my team. And the second piece would be that I think leaders are in constant learning mode. Uh, not only learning from the perspective that they're getting feedback about their behavior so that they have more of a perspective on how they're coming across, uh, but they're also reading, they're watching, they're paying attention so they can bring the best leadership practices to bear with the people that they're working with. I would absolutely agree with you, John, on that. It's the whole idea of inclusion. It's the whole idea of being able to take what your what those who are under you to take their ideas and to also work with them to perhaps even make them larger or or better so but the inclusion and the listening are real keys as far as I'm concerned to being an effective manager well I, I really want to thank our guests uh, John Hoffman and Karen Brewstein of design performance uh, John is the creator of the women negotiate seminar in the book, I'm going to keep pushing John until he writes the book. It's going to be an awesome book. John, I want to thank you for coming on your, the program today, but you're coming back next week, and we're going to go into uh, a deeper level and uh, also the jewels of information that you've provided folks. Thank you very much. Our pleasure. Yeah, thank, thank you, you. Darrell. It's really been a pleasure. Thank you very much. This is Darrell Gunter, your host of Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM, Seton Hall University, and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Remember, leadership begins with you. Have a great weekend.